Hi, I'm Tanner Olson, and this is Walk a Little Slower, a podcast where I share a little hope, a little love, and a little bit of what I've been learning. This is a podcast where you are invited to slow down, to lean in, to hold fast, and to eventually keep going. Welcome. Before we get into today's episode, I wanted to say thank you for listening and for sharing this podcast with your friends and your online community. It means so much when I see you share it and tag it on Facebook and Instagram and Twitter. If you share it on TikTok, I don't know if you can do that because I don't really do TikTok too well, but if you're sharing it on TikTok, thank you. That, that means a lot. Today's episode is a conversation with my friend Nathan Clarkson. Nathan Clarkson is an actor, podcaster, author, and all-around good guy. He is someone who continues to push himself creatively and has inspired me along the way. Nathan recently released the book, The Way of Kings, Ancient Wisdom for the Modern Man. You can grab the book from Amazon or his website, nathanclarkson.me. All of this will, of course, be in the show notes as well. Anyways, I hope you enjoy our conversation. We discuss his career, his latest book, as well as a few other things that, that come up. So here is my conversation with Nathan Clarkson. I think I say this every time I do like an interview, I don't know how to start a podcast, you know, like you just kind of like, you just kind of go into it. Um, you just but I'm walk excited. Into it. Yeah. It's just, and that's, and I'm not a person who likes just to like walk into something unknown. I like to have like the plan and the idea, but totally. with this, we're just going to walk right into it, but I'm excited to, to talk with you today to have a recorded conversation with you today uh, because you released a brand new book called The Way of Kings. And we'll talk about that in a little bit. But for those of you who don't know who you are, Nathan, what would you like for us to know about you or, or how do you introduce yourself at a party? Oh, that's a good question. I like that. Oh, man, there's it's interesting. I've, I've been thinking about. Um, how to introduce myself and how people introduce themselves. And we typically start off with what we do, right? Which is an interesting um, yeah. way to do it. And, and I understand the practicality of that. Uh, but it is interesting that we typically start off with, I'm a plumber, I'm an accountant, whatever it might be. Mm-hmm. And very rarely do we start off with what we love, who we are. Now, I obviously know people out there want to know what I do, of course, and I will get to that. <laughs> but... Um, <laughs> But I'm so excited to be here today. And someone that I am is someone who loves words, loves stories, loves beauty, loves God, loves faith. And that's why I'm so excited to be on your podcast today. Um, so that's a little bit about who I am and who I uh, and what I love. So I'll start out with that. Um, and I and I we got connected because I found I was looking. I love poetry and I love words. Mm-hmm. And I found mm-hmm. your words um, in the amazing World Wide Web, and I just had to connect with you because I anybody who can write their feelings, their stories, their experiences, um, especially when it has to do with faith and life in an honest way, mm-hmm. I just feel like I need to connect with them. So, um, yeah, so I was so excited to connect with you. But a little bit about what I do now that I've given you who I am and what I love <laughs> um, is I am an author, like you mentioned. I write books. Um, typically memoir-esque style of stories and reflections about faith and life and love and art and everything under the sun. Um, But also I love philosophy and theology. And so I write books um, 
about those things. My first book was about mental illness and my, mm-hmm. my journey with that mental health. Um, and I am also an actor. Um, that was kind of the, the thing I started first. I have lived in New York and Hollywood for over a decade now. Wow. I'm, I'm getting old. Um, but yes. I, I get to act in, in TV shows and movies and get to play pretend as a grown up, which is just <laughs> unbelievable that I get to pay the bills doing something I've done since I was, you know, three. Um, so I absolutely love that. And then somewhere along the way, I, I wanted to start being, um, a part of, of actually crafting, not just acting in, but crafting mm-hmm. the stories. And so I started a small indie studio and we make feature films, um, we make movies and uh, we just made our fourth that will be coming out hopefully this summer called Don't Know Jack. And it was shot here in New York City where I live with my wife and we kind of split our time between the 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 city of New York City, the streets here and the wilds of Colorado. So I get the best of both worlds. Um, but that is kind of an overview snapshot of me. I feel like anybody listening to this is just like, man, I want to have that life. That sounds like a lot of, like, that sounds like a lot of fun. Is it fun? Is it fun to be you? You know, I, I want to, I want to do like the, oh, it's, it is fun. I love it. it yeah. I absolutely, it's, it's okay for me to admit that I really do love so many aspects of my life. I love traveling. Yeah. I love that I get to pay the bills being creative. Mm-hmm. And to be honest, you know, it, in my first book, I detailed this. Um, I have so many learning disabilities and mental illnesses mm-hmm that this was pretty much the only option for me. Like I wasn't <laughs> able to get, um, uh, to even, you know, I, I didn't even go to college. So mm-hmm. my only, basically very early on, I had one option and that was to live the creative life. And I absolutely love it. But I will say it is incredibly, di- as, as you know, well, it is hard. It is difficult. It's scary. Sometimes you can wallow and walk for, um, years, mm-hmm. um, without yeah. seeing the, the fruits of your work. But, Ultimately, it's been such a rewarding um, journey. So I absolutely love my life, even with its very heavy difficulties that I'm sure you know well as well. Oh, yes. I And I, I completely resonate with that where it's like, well, this is really the only thing that I can do. And I think sometimes it's people are pretty quick to glorify the people who do things for other people, like creating art or mm-hmm. acting or writing. And they're like, that must be so incredibly and so and so cool and like yeah like it is but i'm also like not able to do a lot of the other things that you're able to do because of the way that i was created like this yes. is what i was created for in it and i i was it's it's interesting i was getting onto an airplane like a year or so ago and uh you know how like you get on the airplane and you're just kind of like standing there waiting for the line to move, but you can like see all the people and they're having conversations. And I, I stopped next to this older guy and he was talking to this younger person and I didn't hear the first part of the conversation and I didn't know who they were, but the guy said something along the lines of like, well, the reason my life is so interesting, it's only because it's different from what you do. Because it's mm. like, it's not that, aw- this is just like the life that I that I live. And I, I feel that with what I do, because sometimes people will say, oh, it's so cool that you get to do this. And it's true. It really is. But like, this is this is what I was created to do. And it's different from what you're doing, but it all matters. And I think yes. that's the thing that we sometimes forget is like it, what you do, it matters. Um, Absolutely. And yeah, I've, there's a chapter in my new book called um, The Crown and the Cross. 
And basically the, the concept is that with every crown we put on, every role we take on as king, you know, every glory, uh, glory and, and great role we get to step into also comes with a cross. So every crown we wear comes with a cross. Mm-hmm. And that's what I've found in almost everyone's life. Uh, there's a lot of grass is greener now, especially with social media. And look at the lives they get to live. And mm-hmm. the more I've gotten to know people, especially people who live different kinds of lives than me, I find and ones that I can find myself being jealous of, you know, the structured life, a life of security. Um, oh, and the more I've yes, gotten to know the magic, the magic yep. S word is security. <laughs> oh my gosh. But I, I've envied that in my life as an artist because I, mm-hmm. I don't know where my next paycheck is coming from or it's all right. on my shoulders. And so that's, that's an enviable thing or or desirable thing to Mm -hmm. have that structure. And I find that everyone, no matter what your life is, um, has a tendency to glorify the things that are different than them. But every single life comes with both a crown, it comes with blessing Mm -hmm. and a cross, something that's going to be difficult Mm -hmm. and, uh, and full of struggle. And that is true with the nine to five. And that is true with the total um, creative life that there's both beautiful and difficulty uh, wrapped up in every single kind of life uh, story. Mm-hmm. I love that. Um, which I feel like in every podcast I've ever listened to, someone's like, Ooh, I love that. But I genuinely really do love what you just said. Anyways, um, I can remember the day that you followed me on Instagram, which sounds kind of weird, but wow. it was dur- I think it was I'm pretty sure I'm, I have a terrible memory, but it was during the pandemic yep. and my, my wife and I, we were watching every TV show because it was the pandemic and <laughs> we were watching community. Yes. Like, and so you followed me. And so I did the thing where I lurk who you are on the internet and IMDB came up and you had a very small role in an episode of community. And I thought that was the coolest thing. Uh, Can you tell me about being on the set of community? Was it fun? Oh my gosh. That's so funny. That was my very first was it real role like the awesome i worked for years as um the way i made money when i first moved to la was to be a Mm -hmm. background extra i i was willing to just i just wanted to be on set you know even Mm -hmm. if it was just a blur in the background and i remember getting the call and it says you actually have a real title for your role and the title was surprised student and you know so But I was ecstatic because I'd moved to LA with big dreams and I'd finally gotten a real role. Um, At that point, no one really knew what the show was. It hadn't reached its audience yet, but it didn't matter. I was going to be on a TV show with a quote unquote role, but they built this set the the, what you see in the scene is me sitting in a classroom and something going by the window. I won't no spoilers, although it's been out for a while. Um, Something (laughs) go by the window and I turn to a student next to me and I say, look, you can't even hear my line because the music is so loud, but it doesn't matter. It's me and it's so, so much fun. But they built that little school set right in the middle of a parking lot in L.A. Mm-hmm. It's not even a real uh, classroom, um, but it was a blast. I got a I got breakfast with Donald Glover, who's now a major star. And I just remember thinking because mm-hmm. I didn't know who he was at the time. Wow, this guy's yeah. so nice. I bet he's going to go places. He's so kind and sweet yeah. and fun and silly. And lo and behold, he goes on to be a huge, huge star. Uh, so mm-hmm. one day I'll have to meet him and say, hey, remember that time? Uh, but it was just a blast. And it was I, it takes me back to being really young Nathan with stars in his eyes. And it's so fun that that is, mm-hmm. <laughs> that is still the thing people are like, hey, I saw you in Community. But it was a blast. <laughs> I love the show. So getting to be on yeah. a show that you oh. love is amazing. Mm-hmm. 
I bet. Well, and I think that's that's pretty amazing that the one word that you had, the line that you had is something that, you know, this is what your work does. You are, you're saying, look, with everything that you're putting out, you're pointing people to something more, to something better, especially with this new book, The Way of Kings. Like you are saying, hey, look, there is a, there's a better way to go about living. There's a better way to go about doing this life and look at how you are loved and who loves you. So how does your, how does your faith impact your art? Cause you do a lot of things. Yes. Well, <laughs> <laughs> this is interesting. I, I, I was so blessed to grow up in a family who gave me a holistic, beautiful incarnational view of God from the very beginning. It wasn't moralistic. It wasn't angry. It wasn't mm. um, far off. It was near. It was in every bite of food I took. It was in every laugh, every conversation we had, God was there. And so God was kind of the air I breathed from the very beginning. I saw God as a beautiful artist and friend. And ultimately what I discovered about God um, as I grew in, in a family that was, uh, my, all my family was authors and artists as well, was that God is a storyteller, that God loves mm. stories, that he shared his, quote, word through the art of story that we see Jesus sharing his his quote-unquote theology jesus sharing his message through parables through story and so story was something that i realized god loved early on and i realized i loved it and so i wanted to spend my life telling stories whatever that might be and so you know i, I think I, I sometimes i see people um add faith to the things they're doing and for me it's it's the things I love doing actually root out of my faith, out of um, who God is. And God is a storyteller. God is an artist. And so um, I, I felt like I got to act in the likeness of God by being a storyteller, by being an actor, by being a writer, um, because God was the original storyteller, artist and writer. And so I loved doing that. But how it looks today, you know, just philosophically speaking is, you know, C.S. Lewis, this has been come up in my life a few times, has this concept of icons and idols. And how idols are things that cause us to look at them. And icons mm -hmm. are things that cause us to look at something else beyond them. Mm -hmm. They cause our gaze to, um, so we see the icon and our gaze is lifted to something even greater. And mm -hmm. so that's what I want my artwork to be. I want whatever words I write, whatever movie I'm in, whatever performance I give, whatever script I, I create. I want it to be an icon that points to something even greater that people see through my work to God, to truth, to beauty. And so ultimately that's what I really am now, you know, I've always wanted to do that, but I'm, I'm trying to put it to words now. Um, in my thirties, I feel like I should have a, <laughs> a better idea how to, how, how to articulate it, but it's, I want my, anything I create, any artwork or story I tell to be an icon that points to yeah. a greater truth and to ultimately a connection help people foster a connection with their creator. Yeah. Which is very different than I would say most of Hollywood or most of the things that you see coming out of like movies and artists and creators. It's the, Hey, look at me and look what I'm doing. Mm. But what you're saying, and I'll join you in this is look what's already been done look yeah. at what's been going on and look, you can be part of this as well. And I think that is extremely powerful. And <laughs> I mean, it's needed. We know. Well, and that's what drew that, me Tanner to your words is, is you were, 
again, this, this idea of look, I love that you brought that up is everything in every one of your poems and all of your, and all of your words, it was, you're guiding the gaze of the reader to something more beautiful and to better, um, which I just think is such a valuable and beautiful thing. And that's what drew me to your work initially is that your work asks the reader to look at something even greater. And it's the thing that they've seen before. They've Hmm. just forgotten it. Right. And I think yeah. a lot of a lot of the things that I need to hear, and it's a lot of the things that I like, the things that I write are the things that I need to hear as well. And the things that I need to hear is the truth that I have somehow forgotten between when the sun was up and when the sun went down. You know? Yeah. Like, and so it's almost as like every morning I need to re-download the truth once again. Because like another day is here and it's gonna be yeah. hard and difficult and weird. So help me look back to what I know to be true and who is true to mm. me. I've been thinking a lot um, about, oh, just, uh, yeah, real quick. I've been thinking a lot about how immune we get to beauty and truth. And, you know, and it, I hear a lot of people saying, I, I want a miracle. I want to see this. I want proof that God exists. And we forget how all of nature is crying out to God. And we see his fingerprints in every inch of creation. And I think that's such a beautiful thing. But I get so tired. I'm, I wish that we could see the world new. I wish that we, and that's something we need to remind ourselves of. I want to see it freshly. It's like hearing a song that you love for the very first time. You can never get that back. Humans are, I guess we get used to things and I want to mm-hmm. practice not getting used to things or at least remembering the initial beauty of when you first experience something. But I love the yeah. idea of new. That's a great way to articulate it. It's like having that, that childlike wonder again, you know, and yeah. sometimes you feel like you get, I don't know, you get, you get lost in becoming an adult and being like, you mentioned you're in your, you're in your thirties. I'm in my thirties and I don't know, the newness of life has started to wear off, but I want Mm. to keep chasing it and finding it, which means that I have to get out of my comfort zone and take a step back and put my phone in the other room. Um, Oh, yep. And do, do all the uncomfortable things and step out with faith and away from all the security that we desperately want. <laughs> oh my um, gosh. Yeah. Yeah. But yeah. But Hey man, you recently wrote uh, and released the way of Kings, which you've been talking about a little bit. And I love the, I guess the subtitle for it is ancient wisdom for the modern man. Where did this, where did the idea of this book come from? And what was the, what was the writing process like for you? Yeah. Th- this book came out of everything we've been talking about, which is, mm-hmm. One, I recognize that so many people and men of my generation feel like they are having an identity crisis. And what is an identity except a story about who we are, right? That's what Mm -hmm. an identity is ultimately. And I I realize that some of the things that are most instrumental in shaping me into the man I am and the man I want to be is the stories, the stories of heroes, the story of goodness, the stories, and that shaped an identity. And I, I began to see myself as a character in a great story being told. And that's what I wanted to be. And so this came out of, I wanted to draw my own gaze as well as any of the reader's gaze back to this idea of, um, of you are a character in a story. You are, you can be, you are a King. God has entrusted you a Mm. great story to tell with your life. And you have been cast in this story, but I wanted to be a practical book that kind of just looked at how do we step into seeing ourselves as a king, as as royalty, as people who have influence and ability and calling in this world, but ultimately who are part of a great story that God is telling. And so the way of kings is about a practical ways of how to step into 
that belief about yourself. And, you know, it goes through everything from um, uh, wisdom and friendship and sexuality and relationship and desire and fear and doubt and responsibility, all the things that we all face on a practical level every day. And trying to see those through the context of the choices we make around them and how to see those in the context of a story and how to own that identity and, and accepting the identity of King and how that will shape and affect every choice we make around all these things in our life. But it's, it's letters. It's 40 chapters. I, I have ADHD. I, I, I have a really <laughs> Wait, hard time what? reading. Yep. You have ADHD. <laughs> I do. Oh yeah. Plenty of it. And I, I had such a hard time reading for long periods of time. So I was like, I want to write a book for guys like me who are either busy or don't, or have families or don't have yes. a ton of time to spend reading for three hours, but they just want some, something um, graspable. And, and uh, like we said in a podcast last time that they can take and put mm-hmm. in their pocket. And yes. so it's 40 small chapters kind of in letter format mm-hmm. and it asks questions, offers you a Bible verse and gives you a king tip, something practical you can take in your life, whether that's a workout plan, a book list, um, how to ask a girl out, uh, a, a travel uh, you know, list, but just things like this. So it was something I wanted to make it practical and yeah. digestible. But yeah, I, I loved writing. It was so much fun. Well, I... <laughs> Uh, I started clapping uh, when you said I want to write something with shorter chapters because that's those are the kind of books that like I like I have a hard time reading books with chapters more than like five or six pages, and that I think that's yes. one of the reasons why I write I write poetry or short mm. pieces of of thought is because like that's what I can handle. And sometimes when I would read yep. longer books with chapters, and I would just be like, "Well, just tell me what I need to know." Like, just give me the good part, right? And I think, like, that this book that you've written here, like, it does a really good job of that. It offers something helpful and important, especially for, man, this looks like a book that I wish I had read when I was 13, 14 years old. Now, yeah, I know this isn't just for, like, 13 and 14-year-old boys. It is for more than that. But, like, even looking through, I was like, man, I would have loved to have known that then. Um, yes. Yeah. But I was writing this to young Nathan. Really, to be yeah. honest. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I bet. Uh, I, I want to pull out, and I just flipped to this. Uh, it's the second to last chapter, chapter 39. It says, follow your skills, not your dreams. Can you talk about mm-hmm. that just a little bit? Yeah, this this is a tough one, but mm-hmm. it's something that... Because it's, it goes against everything that people say. Like It's like, follow your heart, follow yeah. your dreams. And it's like, okay, but... Yes, you know it's... For me, it was something it's been hard learned because there are things I've wanted to do in life. Um, there are things I wished I could do. There, there are people I wish I could be. And ultimately, mm. in my interactions with God, he kept on taking me back to, that's great for them, but I made you specifically. I made you with skills. I gave you the particular family. Your your particular story has led you to have these particular skills, these abilities, and because of that, you have your own particular story to tell. And so this is something I found that me and my friends have been talking about, and it's been very, very helpful for us. And mm-hmm. it, it, it's it's hard to say, you know, don't follow your dreams. But yeah. what I'd add to that is don't follow your dreams, follow your skills, and make your skills, the things you're good at, the things you're that you excel at, that God has created you to do, make those your dreams, mm-hmm. whatever those might be. It doesn't have to look like anything um, you've seen before. It doesn't have to look like anyone else. 
Um, but for me, I've seen a lot of people resist the things that they have been created to do in in exchange for another person's dream. They want to have this, they want to have that. And to me, I believe that we were created intentionally and our families and our upbringing and our surroundings have all um, shaped us in a way that we have particular uh, perspective and ability in the world that God can use if we accept our quote unquote skills and allow those to dictate our calling. So that that's something that's really helpful for me. And I find that I, I hope other people can celebrate their own particular dreams and skills or skills and create dreams out of those because ultimately yeah. God has given those abilities and desires and skills to you. Well, I think you, and at the, at the end of this chapter and people are going to have to get the book um, that's marketing right there for you. I got you. Buddy. <laughs> but like, <laughs> I mean, you ask you ask twelve really good questions, and there's just a couple that are you know. It's like, what are you good at? Like, mm. asking that to somebody now, or to somebody who's in middle school or high school, like that can be a really tough question because I think a lot of times people don't want to say what they're good at. They just want to. They kind of want to fly. At least this maybe is from where I came from. Is I just wanted to fly underneath the radar and just kind of figure mm. something out. But to have that, and this is a lot of what this book is, is there's intentionality behind it. And I know that can be a buzzword, but it's it's true here, right? Like there is intentionality behind you focusing on who God created you to be and then having the people around you who can speak that truth into your life. Yeah. I was It wasn't until I was 23, 24 years old until somebody told me like, hey, you are good at writing poetry. Mm. And that that changed, well, everything for me, right? And so when you have those people around you who can say, here's here's who you are. Like, do you know that? Do you know that you're good at this? Do you know that this is how you make me feel? Like, this is what you're bringing to the world. And I think sometimes people are so consumed and confused by what's happening around them or by the lives of the people around them and what they're doing. Yeah. They they don't give time to to see who God created them to be. Not who he didn't create them to be, but who he created them to be. So yeah. I'm excited. I'm excited for people to get this book in their hands. Uh, where where can they find the book, Nathan? They can find it anywhere books are sold. Um, Amazon. Uh, I was going to say Borders, but I think Borders is gone. I haven't seen one in a while. But anywhere books are sold, think, you can find fun. one. Yeah, <laughs> I miss Borders, man. That was, <laughs> that was my favorite, sitting in that cafe reading. But you can get it anywhere. You can also um, find it on my website at nathanclarkson.me. That's awesome. Uh, when I was when I was younger, uh, so I have an older brother, and he loves loves to read. And I always wanted to love the idea of reading, but could never get into it. Again, <laughs> yep. long chapters. So we would go into like books a million or Borders as like a family after like going to dinner or something. And he would go look through all the books, and I would go look through the CDs and the DVDs yep. and try to see if they had like basketball cards somewhere in there. Or he is like. He's, and now I'm I'm the one who writes books and is like, ah, I would love to have my book in this bookstore, you know? That's great. Um, <laughs> but anyways, man, I'm super excited about this book. Congratulations on on the release. Where can where can people find your work and connect with you? Yeah, well, they can go to nathanclarkson.me. They can search me on the socials, Nathan Clarkson, <laughs> I'll show up. And you can also uh, check out, I we me and a, a friend do a weekly podcast called The Overthinkers. Check out the episode with Tanner about poetry and its value. It was a great episode, but um, I'm kind of all over the place, always doing something creative. And um, I love hearing from people, fellow creatives, uh, reach out, connect. Uh, I just love connecting with uh, kindred spirits. 
Yeah, I, I, and I think I said this to you guys after the episode. Was like recording that episode of the Overthinkers with y'all was one of my favorite like podcasts that I've ever gotten to mm. be on. It was just, it was a lot of fun. I think I, I point people to it all the time. Uh, We've gotten such good a, feedback. It, people, it's people a great love show. It. Yeah, it's a great show and you guys do a fantastic job with it. So if you're looking for another podcast to listen to, check out The Overthinkers. And I'll have all of this in the show notes as well. Uh, but Nathan, to close us out, will you share a poem with us? I absolutely will. And it's funny, I picked one out before I even knew where a conversation um, was going today. And, you know, we had spoken a little bit earlier about uh, kind of... Um, the, the idea that we get tired of of things that that we're we're tired of life that it doesn't seem new right mm-hmm. um, and so I I picked a poem one second I'm pulling it up that I had no idea this is where the conversation was going to lead but I'm so happy that I did because it's all about that it's all about feeling weary of the world like there's nothing new left and ultimately at the very end of that finding God say. No, there is something beautiful and new waiting if you if you hold on. But but working through those emotions of feeling like they, there is nothing left, that uh, we've seen it yeah. all, we've done it all, and that the world is a, a, a dreary and dim place, um, but God is the someone who makes everything new, that he makes all things fresh and new and having those childlike eyes. So this came out of a time, uh, as written in the pandemic, when I felt like the world was um, old and and done, and um, it was a weary time, a time of depression. Um, but ultimately, God met me at the end of that. So this is um, the poem. I'm weary of everything. I have experienced it all. It feels like there's nothing new to discover, nothing fresh at all. Nothing unknown to experience, to find, to taste, to see. I've seen the mountains touch the sky and ridden waves among the sea. I have survived the ugly places and held the beautiful things. I adventured to the wild west and made my home inside the east. I've stared into a lover's eyes and seen them stare back into mine. I've walked alone for miles of years and with a brother at my side. I've seen a season where my dreams came true and felt the spark of fame And I've known the life of solitude where no one knew my name. Alexander wept when he looked out for there were no more worlds to conquer. And I'm worried that he was right and that I shouldn't even bother. But another man said something else and swore on his life that it was true, that he is the maker of everything and he's making all things new. Dang. That's good. I like that a lot. Good. Good. I, I hope beautiful. that because I feel like this is something that so many people I know are experiencing. It, mm-hmm. It's been done. We've seen it. That life isn't new or fresh or beautiful. But, you know, the mm-hmm. promise that I love about God is that he is the one who makes all things new. Mm-hmm. And he asks us and to look at the world you. with childlike eyes. So, yeah. But thank you for letting just, me read that. No, of course. Yeah. We just got to. It's hard to say, but we have to keep our eyes open because. Mm. I mean, like you mentioned at the very beginning, like beauty is all around us. Don't be too busy for it. Right. Yeah. Um, Hey man, thank you so much for joining the podcast today. I really appreciated our conversation. I love what you're doing um, and keep doing it because it matters. Well, thank you so much for having me, Tanner. I love what you do. You keep doing it. And uh, thank you again for having me. Awesome, man. I'll talk to you soon.
All right. Bye-bye. Thanks for listening to this episode of Walk a Little Slower. Huge thanks to Nathan Clarkson for joining me for this episode. Again, you can learn all about him with the links in the show notes. Go ahead and check out his latest book. It is wonderful. If you have a question or you want me to discuss something on the podcast or you know of someone that you think would be a great fit to be interviewed for the podcast, go ahead and send me a message at writtentospeak at gmail.com. If you'd like to support this podcast and my ministry, please visit patreon.com slash written to speak to become a patron. Your monthly donation allows me to spread hope and to announce love through written and spoken word just like this podcast. And on my Patreon, you'll also get some writings that, that people have not seen anywhere else. You'll hear all the inside scoop and things that are coming up that I don't share online. So anyways, go ahead, check out my Patreon. I'd love for you to join me and to join our community there. Well, that'll do it for this episode of Walk a Little Slower. Again, thank you so much for joining me. Here is to walking a little slower.